Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. It's Super Bowl week in Los Angeles. All things Super Bowl going out on, on out in LA. We got the Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams hosting a home game essentially, except for there won't be many Rams fans in the building with it being the Super Bowl and all and being such a corporate event. So Interesting, interesting game. We're going to break down here in just a second, give you a little preview of what's on the podcast this week. Got two great guests for you. First off, it's going to be T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show from Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to talk McDaniels getting hired by the Raiders. We're going to talk Super Bowl prop bets, what to look for in the prop bets scenarios for all of us, for all of you uh, committed gamblers as well as we're going to have a lot of uh, just casual gamblers because it's Super Bowl and everybody likes to have a little action on the Super Bowl, whether it's a prop bet, uh, a Super Bowl square, whatever you like to do. So we're going to talk to TC about those things, what to look forward to in the Super Bowl and such. Then we're going to talk to Erica Betcher. Erica is the wife of James Betcher, who's an assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Erica is going to be part of our Life of the Wife series. We talked to Erica back in the summertime before the NFL season started. So we're going to catch up with Erica and talk to her about her being in attendance for the 49ers, their playoff run, uh, being in attendance for the NFC Championship game, and some other great things with Erica as we catch up with Erica again. But uh, before we get to TC and Erica, I'm going to give you some thoughts on the coaching hires. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the Super Bowl, and we're going to hit a couple of other little topics. So let's get right to it. Remember, you can find us on all of your podcast platforms. Thanks for finding us. Hopefully, you will uh, tell your friends about us. We'd love to have some more uh, listeners. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. If you click the subscribe button, the podcast will come to your podcast platform every single week. And remember, you can find us on Twitter at JPOSports, at JPOSports. Remember, you can also find all of our video interviews on my YouTube channel, the Powers on Sports YouTube channel. Just search that on YouTube. You'll be able to find us. You'll be able to see the interview here with T.C. Martin, as well as Erica Betcher, if you want to see uh, me talking to them on video. So appreciate you finding us. So let's get to it. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by... BetUS and Titan Home Lending. For all of your home lending needs in the state of Florida, reach out to Titan Home Lending. And if you all your uh, uh, wagering, sports wagering need, needs, you can go to BetUS.com. So find uh, those outlets. We'd love to, to help you help them support us. So appreciate you finding us. All right, let's get to, let's start off with the Olympics. Are you watching the Olympics? This is you know, the Olympics started late last week. 
Remember in Beijing, 13 hour time difference, hard for us to see a lot of this stuff live, you know, with all the sanctions and all the different uh, things going on with China. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of publicity going on with the Olympics. Uh, they are getting in full force this week. You know, you've seen you're watching skiing, figure skating, uh, luge, all those kind of things. Hockey's hockey's getting going. Are you watching the Olympics? Hard to you know. One thing that's been hard to do is hard to rec have any name recognition, especially with the U.S. team. Not a lot of big names that we're very familiar with. Remember, the hockey team is comprised of all college kids, no NHL guys. You know, skiing-wise, you got Michaela Schifrin, who we're going to talk about her in just a second. She's kind of the big name. Remember, no Lindsey Vaughn, none of those kind of guys. As far as skaters, there's Nathan Chen, who's the big figure skater, but there's not a big women's figure skating uh, presence for the United States team. Not a big skiing presence for the male team. So not a lot of big-name people that you we hear about on a day-to-day -day basis as far as that goes. So it's been a little tough to, 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 to get into. Obviously, if you're a skiing fan, I enjoy the skiing, so I like to watch some of the skiing. But again, not a lot of big names to remember and to know, hey, I got to see this particular person skiing. As far as Michaela Schifrin goes, at the time of this recording, she's now gone through two events, and she's basically wrecked, wiped out in both events, the, uh, the slalom and the super G. She's not finished the course. She's, she's uh, you know, bowed out before she's even finished the course to even be able to be in medal contention. So that's been a disappointment. She's, I think, in four or five events, a lot of expectations for her to potentially medal in several events. She's kind of the most prestigious women's skier we've had in a long, long time. But Michaela Schifrin, 0 for 2 so far. So hopefully she can at least finish the next event she's in. And we'll see if she can get to the medal stand as well. So Olympic-wise, hard to keep up. The Olympics, I think, go through February the 20th, which is Sunday. One more week after the Super Bowl. But again, just hard to get wrapped up in the Olympics. No big names. 13-hour time difference for the live programming. So uh, much of the primetime stuff is recorded stuff. You have very little of the primetime events in the evening, especially in the East Coast, are live events. A little bit better on the West Coast from a time perspective, but again, 13-hour difference in Beijing makes it a little more challenging. So NBA trade deadline coming up this Thursday the 10th. Are you into the NBA? Hard to be into the NBA at this point. A couple names of note to be on the lookout for. James Harden, will he get traded? The Nets brass and management say he they won't trade him. The Nets are on a huge losing streak, eight, nine games in a row now. Kevin Durant out. Kyrie Irving is the cancer that he is and all the wishy-washy stuff going on with uh, Kyrie Irving and the no, not getting vaccinated and he can only play in road games. James Harden, all the speculation has been, will, the, will James Harden get could get traded for, for Ben Simmons straight up? Will they do that? Sounds like the Nets are not going to do that. Um, but Durant's out for more time. You know, interesting to see what the, what the Nets do. Damian Lillard, Portland, injured now, but will he get traded at the de trade deadline? C.J. McCollum has just been dealt to the Pelicans of New Orleans uh, earlier in the week. Will Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers go into a full rebuild? Chauncey Billups, remember, the new first-year coach. Um, 
again, you've traded you've traded uh, C.J. McCollum. Do you trade Dame Lillard? You're not probably going anywhere if you're Portland this year. Do you keep the asset? He's he's getting up there in age. He's 30, 31 years old. Do you trade him now and get something for him? Or do you just try to ride it out and try to rebuild around Dame Lillard? Interesting, interesting question here as we enter the trade deadline. So I can't really talk about the NBA right now. It's hard to do. You obviously have the Lakers who are kind of in, a, are in I won't say free fall, but they are struggling. Uh, the what Russell Westbrook acquisition has been a disaster for the Lakers. They can't trade him. Nobody in that league is going to take Russell Westbrook. So we'll see if there's any kind of moves that the Lakers may make to maybe supplement what, what they've gotten into with Russell Westbrook. We'll be interested to see in the next couple of days. You, you will see some other trades around the league. Sabonis got traded from the Pacers to the Kings. Again, you'll see some salary cap moves and some contract swapping around the league. But but the, the big names are Harden and Damian Lillard to be on the lookout for in the next couple of days. NFL coaching hires. Seems like all of the coaching hires have finally been met. Again, remember, you have the Brian Flores lawsuit that's hanging over the Super Bowl. It'll be very interesting to see how Roger Goodell handles the State of the League address coming up here later in the week. Uh, out in Los Angeles, I'm sure he will get peppered with questions concerning that. The final set of coaching moves have been made. Lovey Smith to Houston. What an what a awkward move that is. You fired David Culley after one year. Did a pretty good job, was competitive there, especially most of the year. Lovey Smith was the defensive coordinator. Coley, a black coach. Lovey Smith gets the job as a black coach. They were very interested in Josh McCown, the former quarterback, to maybe be the head coach. The question you have to ask in Houston is, or around the league is, was the Lovey Smith hire, is that just a placating move to help placate the NFL's, uh, you know, lack of black head coaches? Is this a this is can't be a long term move. This is, has to be a move where the Lovey Smith was told probably behind the scenes, hey, you're going to get one or two years unless you do something spectacular. You know, we're not giving you any guarantees past after probably one or probably two years as far as contractually a guarantee. Remember, Lovey Smith was in a similar situation a few years back in Tampa. Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator. A lot of people thought Dirk Cutter was going to get a job. His development of Jameis Winston the first couple years in Tampa. The Bucks dump Lovey Smith after two years and promote Dirk Cutter to be the head coach. Kind of a similar situation here in Houston. They dump Cully and they promote uh, Lovey Smith. There's no big quarterback in place, but to me, this is just a one or two year move. If you want to have Josh McCown be the coach in a couple of years, maybe you bring him on staff as the quarterback's coach. You make him the quarterback's coach for the next year or two, then you promote him to head coach if that's who you really want to give an opportunity to. You still have to make a decision on Deshaun Watson. What are you going to do with him? You have to trade Deshaun Watson this offseason. Get what you can get for him. We don't know what his legal situation is, but if, if his legal situation gets cleaned up, you can you can still get a boatload for Deshaun Watson uh, this offseason if that, if that gets cleaned up. So Mike McDaniel the offensive coordinator in San Francisco gets the Miami job. Interesting thing here is Ross hires McDaniel, who classifies himself as biracial. You've just gotten rid of Flores. You hire McDaniel. You know, um, interesting move here. I've never heard of Mike McDaniel before the last, about, until about the last month. 
But again, he was part of the Shanahan uh, regime out in San Francisco. He was also part of the Sean McVay and Shanahan and um, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan when Sh Mike Shanahan was the coach in D.C. So, and, and as well as Matt Lafleur. So, haven't really don't know much about McDaniel. You will hear there is a connection between Erica Betcher, who we're going to talk to later in the podcast, and McDaniel. So, listen to that connection as we move in later into the podcast when we talk to Erica. But McDaniel gets the Miami job. Dennis Allen gets the New Orleans job. The defensive coordinator with New Orleans. Remember, Sean Payton retired. Uh, Dennis Allen did a great job with that defense. He's been there six years. This will be his second go around. He had a very poor two-year run with the Raiders several years ago. But he gets the opportunity in New Orleans. He gets promoted. Eric Bieniemy does not interviews for the job over the weekend. Doesn't get the job. The one thing I must say about Eric Bieniemy, he's been on a bunch of interviews. Which again, there's that's, there's two there's good good and bad about that. One is what's going on in these interviews that's pre preventing Eric Bieniemy from getting the job. There's been there's some rumblings about his some past uh, transgressions as a player at Colorado and maybe as a coach when he was an assistant coach at Colorado. Um, is that how much of that is playing into it? The other thing you have to ask yourself, Ryan Poles, the new GM in Chicago, was in Kansas City, did not interview Eric Bieniemy for the Chicago Bear job. Why? Why is a guy who's been around Bieniemy for a lot of years not interviewing him for the, for the, for the Chicago Bear job when the Bears need an offensive coach? Uh, I get it that they just had an offensive guy from Kansas City and Matt Nagy who they brought on board, but why did he at least not get an interview in Chicago? Who knows? But again, Eric Bieniemy does not get the job in New Orleans. Does he have assurances that he's going to be the next coach in Kansas City? I don't know. Who knows? And the other part of this uh, equation is, again, how much do, do his past transgressions, whether they were real or not, we don't know the severity of them. How much of those rumors and allegations have led owners not to want to hire Eric Bieniemy? Again, Flores has his lawsuit out. Again, two other uh, highly touted black candidates, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, don't get the don't get head coaching jobs as well. Leftwich, it sounds like, had an opportunity in, in Jacksonville, but he wanted to bring in his own GM. Sean Kahn was not ready to do that yet. The Jaguars hired Doug Peterson over the weekend to be the new coach with Trent Baalke. They might bring in Rick Spielman. That's the rumors. They might bring in Rick Spielman to help the front office there. But no Byron Leftwich. Todd, Todd Bowles is still around. Interesting dilemma in Tampa is going to be with the Tom Brady retirement. If the Bucs don't land a big quarterback here in the next month or so prior to free agency starting, will Bruce Arians hang around or will he potentially retire as well? If he retires, there's only one spot to be the head coach. Byron Leftwich, potentially maybe Todd Bowles. What do the Glazers do? Do they hire Do they hire one of the two? And the other question is, if they hire one of the two, does the guy that doesn't get hired, is he going to stay around and, and, and stay in his role? Or is he going to be looking to get out to get out of Tampa to go somewhere else? Interesting question. We don't know. Who knows? But again, if the Bucs don't get a big quarterback, don't be surprised if potentially Bruce Arians might retire from the Buccaneers in late February, 1st of March, if it's apparent that they're going to go with a young quarterback, i.e. Kyle Trask, 
uh, and aren't able to land a big quarterback. But I think the Bucks are going to make a big move to try to land one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's potentially, um, you know, Derek Carr you got, you got Russell Wilson, maybe even Aaron Rodgers. Who knows how that's going to go. I don't think you'll see the Bucks go after a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of guy. I think they would rather either give Kyle Trask an opportunity or, or potentially just wait it out. But I don't think you're going to see uh, the Bucks go after a mid-level starting quarterback. Last thing I'll talk about is Tom Brady's retirement. He had his first podcast with Jim Gray post-retirement on Monday. He said, never say never as far as an opportunity to potentially come back into the league as a, as a quarterback later in the year or the summer. Who knows what that percentage is, but again, three months down the road, you get to May, June. Who knows what Tom Brady's mindset's going to be as far as retirement. He'll have been in retirement several months. How much will he enjoy it? How much will the family, you know, you know, if he's getting restless, will the family potentially give him permission to go back and play one more year? And the other question is, if he if he were to come back, would he come back to Tampa? Would he then go somewhere else, potentially San Francisco, potentially a Pittsburgh, some place like that, that that's in a need for a one-year solution at quarterback? Who knows? But again, Tom Brady did not close the door on a potential comeback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, to the NFL. So keep your eyes open for that here as we, as we move into free agency and maybe into the late spring, early summer. All right. You listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. Let's go to Super Bowl 56. Let's break it down. Rams, four and a half, five-point favorites as we head to late in the week here. Key to the game, in my, my view, a couple things. Can the L.A. offense get their running game going? If you watch that Kansas City game, the Chiefs had success with the running game but did not have enough attempts and got away, got off that running game too quick, in my opinion. They got a big lead. They were doing... They were doing some damage in the running game with McKinnon. Can Cam Akers and Sony Michelle establish that running game with the Bengals? I think that Bengals defense is vulnerable to the running game. Can Sean McVay dial up some running, running enough running game to keep the Bengals off balance? Because I think if they can, I think you're going to see an opportunity there for the Rams in the running game against the Bengals. Obviously, from the Bengals' point of view, the offensive line, can they protect... Can they keep that front four out of the of the Rams off of Joe Burrow to give him time to get through some progressions? Again, is C.J. Uzama going to play at tight end? He proclaims he's going to play. Who knows if he can play after two just two weeks after an MCL sprain? We'll see. Do the Bengals have to to commit more bodies to protect Joe Burrow? Do you have to keep in an extra tight end? Do you have to keep in the running backs to block? Will be an interesting part of the game for Burrow. Jalen Ramsey and, and Jamar Chase. Will Ramsey follow Chase around the field? Or will Ramsey just play on his side of the field no matter who's who's in front of him? Ramsey claims that he wants to play Jamar Chase one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. We'll see. Interesting will be an interesting matchup. And if he does, can Joe Burrow exploit the, the secondary matchups with Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd against the backup or against the number two and number three cornerbacks for the Rams. The 49ers did have some success attacking the number two and number three corners for the Rams as well as the safety. So we will see how the matchup goes. And the last thing is Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay. They know each other well. McVay coached, uh, brought Zach Taylor to Los Angeles. 
That's where Zach Taylor got the Cincinnati job was because of his you know work under McVay and company. So how will that matchup unfold over the course of time? Tendencies, uh, gut feelings, which, which guy will do the unexpected thing, trick play, fake punt, go forward a bunch on fourth down, who knows? I like the Rams in the game. I think it's 31-17 Rams. I think too much offense and a little too much defensive line for the Bengals to handle. I think it'll be a, you'll see Matthew Stafford play well. MVP, I'm going to go all on a limb here. You know, if you're playing prop bets, they have prop bets for MVPs. I bet you could get Mr. OBJ at a very, very nice number. I got a feeling OBJ could be a big factor in this game. He was a big factor in the NFC title game. Again, the coverage is going to be laid towards Cooper Cup and company as we get into the game here. They're not going to let Cooper Cup beat them. Can OBJ exploit that number two corner, number three corner situation versus the Bengals? So if you're looking for a, a off-the-radar MVP as far as making a prop bet, potentially OBJ. Uh, I, as far as prop bets go, I like teams to have to convert a fourth down. I think you'll see some aggressive play on fourth down. Both teams have been aggressive on fourth down over the over the course of the season, especially Cincinnati. So I look for both teams to convert a fourth down if you're looking to make a prop bet. Um, so keep that in mind as well. And again, listen to TC Mart. We're going to talk about prop bets and some of the strategies when you are making prop bets throughout the throughout the game here. So. Um, but I like, I like the Rams minus the four and a half. I like 31-17 final. And I like potentially a long shot MVP. I'm going to give you two long shots. OBJ and Aaron Donald. You would probably get very good value on those, on those two guys for an MVP if you're looking to make a play. So those are my keys to victory. Again, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show from Las Vegas coming up. Followed by Erica Betcher, the wife of the li the life of the wife series. She's the wife of James Betcher, who's a defensive assistant for the San Francisco 49ers. We're gonna have some two great conversations with those guys. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a minute. Hey guys and girls, with the NFL playoffs and college hoop season in full swing and March Madness right around the corner. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That's 1-800-MYBETUS. You will receive 125% sign-on bonus by using my special code, POWERS22. That's Powers 22, P-O-W-E-R-S 22. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons, but most importantly because you get paid. Remember, use the code Powers 22 to get 125% sign-on bonus. BetUS has all of your NBA and NHL games with player and team props and loads of NFL parlays, teasers, and live betting options. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA Tour golf, player and round matchups, as well as live betting on most sports. The, their online casino has hundreds of games and the race book has all of your favorite horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable and the Sharp BetUS 
mobile app platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my, my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did, BetUS. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. BetUS, and remember the promo code POWERS22. BetUS, where the games begin. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. It's Super Bowl week edition of the podcast, and no better place to go than Sin City, where all the action's happening around the, the Super Bowl. We just wrapped up the NHL All-Star game. The Pro Bowl was out there, big fight weekend with Keith Thurman, was just out in Las Vegas over the weekend. And even my guest, his daughter, just had a birthday over the weekend, too. One T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. Doing well. So how old your daughter? Your daughter's turning how old? Oh, man. Do we want to say this? Man, this is it, it blows me away that my daughter's turned 25. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, that means I'm getting old, huh? <laughs> Now, does she live in Vegas? She come out to see you. She lives in Vegas. She's actually uh, uh, she was a theater major at UNLV. She nice. actually performs uh, quite a bit. Matter of fact, she she performed on her birthday. Actually, she sang the national anthem at a lot of uh, major boxing events on HBO and ESPN. So yeah, she's she's living her dream. That a girl. That a girl. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So give give the we're gonna we're gonna get to the Super Bowl here. We're gonna get to McDaniel's. We're gonna get to you're, you're a Green Bay guy. Got some Green Bay ties. We're gonna talk some Aaron Rodgers. Give the crowd, give the audience a little sense of it was All Star Weekend in Vegas over the weekend. You had a huge weekend. You had Keith Thurman. You had the NHL All Star Game. The Pro Bowl. Is it busy? Was it busy in Vegas all weekend? Yeah, it's been really busy here too. And uh, the thing about it is, I mean, you've got a a different eclectic, uh, bunch of different eclectic groups here. I mean, so you have a lot of the Canadian fans that have came to Vegas to, to go to the NHL All-Star game on Saturday. And, you know, I was doing my show at the Cosmopolitan on Friday. We were well represented because we had people wearing oiler jerseys, flame jerseys, jet jerseys, Canadian jerseys. It was crazy. And we always joked that, hey, we got a big representation, uh, you know, in Canada with the show. Uh, which is kind of funny. So yeah, very, very exciting time for that. Then of course, you've got fans that, you know, are going to the Pro Bowl and we know that the Pro Bowl has not really been a, a, right. a big interest thing, especially, you know, when it was in, in Hawaii. And then as you guys know, you guys had it in Florida for a while, but you know, when the NFL announced that it was coming to Vegas, it, it kind of took a different turn and none of us here, including myself, were exactly sure what the response was going to be. But lo and behold, man, I mean, my phone's been blowing up and ringing off the hook, you know, leading up until the Pro Bowl, people wanting to go, uh, you know, for tickets. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it's just any event now that comes to Vegas or any event specifically that's in Allegiant Stadium, fans want to go because a lot of fans can't get to Raider games. Right. And, um, you know, if you can't get to a Raider game, then go to UNLV game. Plenty of good seats available for that, of course. You know, but uh, any of these other events, whether it's concerts or soccer matches or you know, international stuff. Uh, people want to get into Allegiant Stadium and, uh, you know, they're selling out Allegiant Stadium for the Pro Bowl because, uh, you know, people, you know, want to see what this is all about. Are they really experience the stadium? And, you know, wow. you're going to get, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and you're going to, you know, be getting a lot of your, you know, NFL All-Stars. So uh, pretty exciting weekend here in Vegas. 
Yeah, it's a lot, lot, lot going on, obviously. And uh, he had a huge fight over the weekend as well with Keith Thurman, who, who's from our neck of the woods. That's fighting down here, too. So it's, it's always good for business for you, I know. Yes. The strip is jumping and lots of stuff going on on a weekend. All right, let's get to your Raiders. The Raiders make a, a, an improbable run to the playoffs. Bisaccia takes over for Gruden. Um, I don't think we've had you on. Uh, what was the sense of when all that Gruden stuff went down? You know, was that something that people thought that was kind of in the works or did it, was it a kind of a bombshell to everybody in Las Vegas? Caught everybody by surprise, Jason. Uh, no one knew what was had transpired with that. And obviously I think it caught Gruden by surprise as well too. I mean, obviously he knew that he, you know, made those comments via the email and everything, but that was so long ago. He thought it was, you know, way behind him. So uh, yeah, not only did it catch, John Gruden off guard, but and Mike Mayock, but it caught Mark Davis off guard. And right. that was a problem. And it was a really embarrassing situation. And knowing Mark the way that I know him, uh, he just does not like any type of embarrassment whatsoever. And especially with a guy that he handpicked. And as we know, you know, got a lot of ridicule for hiring Gruden at, you know, the highest, you know, contract in, in, in the NFL at $10 million per season in a 10 year deal. He's paying this guy over a hundred million dollars. And then this guy, you know, embarrasses, you know, not only himself, but, you know, Mark Davis and the franchise and your first year here in Las Vegas, it was a crushing blow, uh, you know, to, to the organization for that. And then more so, you know, a crushing blow to the city when you have the Henry Ruggs situation, then right. followed by Damon Arnett. Right. And then, you know, then Nate Hobbs after that, I mean, the Raiders just had this, this unbelievable run of, of, of misfortune. And the bottom line is it, it it's it's their own fault. I mean, you know, you when you draft people like that, ultimately it costs Mike Mayock his job. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to you know get that type of feedback, you know, from from not just Raider fans but people here in Las Vegas. So yeah, it was a very tumultuous year for the Raiders. But you know, the decide Mark Davis said, hey, Rich Pasaccia, you know, you're yeah. a special teams guy. You know these guys. You've been around here for a long, long time. It made more sense for him to name Pasaccia as the interim head coach instead of the defensive coordinator like Gus Bradley or Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, because he didn't want to take too much away for, from sure, their plate where sure. Basaccia, you know, as special teams coordinator and had a good pulse on, you know, a lot of the guys anyway, because as you know, as a special teams coach, you have offensive players, you have defensive players that you actually interact with. So kudos to Mark Davis for making that uh, decision. And Basaccia, uh, you know, commanded the locker room. Players wanted to play for him. Uh, they closed out the season, you know, very nicely. They had a number five seed, had an unfortunate loss against the Bengals. But, you know, uh, most people around here feel this season was a win because the Raiders made the playoffs. No doubt about it. No, I mean, no, nobody thought the Raiders with how that game, you know, the, the Sunday night game ended week 18 against the Chargers, all the drama that was there with that, with the way that game could have finished and didn't finish. And a lot of sentiment that everybody in that locker room really liked Passaccia and they really wanted him to be the coach. How serious was he as a candidate? He was. Actually, Mark Davis made him the very first interview. They went through a five-hour interview yeah. uh, going back, what, two weeks ago, Wednesday. And uh, Mark Davis gave Rich Passaccia every consideration. I think it was a little bit more than a courtesy interview, yeah. but uh, I think he felt he, he owed it to him. And he said, you know what? I, I know Rich, and I saw what Rich did you know, with this team at the end of the season, we hear the P as players speaking up for him. So let me really give him his due and let me right. sit back with his staff uh, that he assembled. Mark Davis assembled about 11 person staff and said, you know, let's listen to what this guy's got to say. I think he was a strong candidate 
Um, you know, but eventually he wanted to get somebody that uh, maybe had a little bit more experience and specifically could work with Derek Carr on the offensive side of the ball. So the Patriots, so the so the Mark Davis and the Raiders, they go to the the Belichick tree one more time and they gobble up Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, kind of a a, a partnership there for, out of the New England organization. Bring both those guys in. Obviously, McDaniels had his issues in Denver, took the Colts job, and then quit a day later. Any what's any trepidation by the Vegas fans and the media out there of McDaniels? Is he is he finally ready to to be the guy? And is Ziegler going to be a, a GM kind of guy that can be respected and not not put the Raiders in peril as far as drafting guys with questionable backgrounds? Yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks here because let's be honest, you have two guys that are relatively inexperienced in their positions. McDaniels, two years as a head coach. And like you said, you know, we all know that he failed miserably, you know, well below under 500 record there in his two years in Denver. And Ziegler's been a player personnel guy. He's never been a general manager before. So two guys in new positions. So Mark Davis has really taken a, a leap of faith here. And plus, you know, Mark Davis under a little scrutiny because of the contract he gave Gruden, hiring Mike Mayock basically out of the TV studio with the NFL network because Mayock was there for 12 years yeah. and did not have any GM experience. So I think, you know, in the beginning, when the announcement was made, a lot of people were saying, really, this is, this is where you're going to go with this. Because of course you had the emotional side. A lot of people wanted Basaccia, but you know, we really thought it was going to be Jim Harbaugh. And yeah. we know that, that Harbaugh and Davis are close. They have ties. Harbaugh yeah. actually spent, you know, time, as a, a Raider assistant coach going back to 2003, 2004. So, you know, you were, you were thinking this, this could be it, but the talks never materialized and they never really had a deep, uh, you know, conversation. So why, when why? we, when we knew that wasn't happening, it was like, okay, which direction is going to go here. And then all of a sudden, you know, the McDaniels name popped up. And once he met with Josh McDaniels on that Saturday, he hired him basically the next day. Did Harbaugh want full control in Vegas? Is that, was that one of the contentious points, you think? I don't think so. And I had said this a lot the last couple of weeks leading up to it, that I think Harbaugh learned from his time in San Francisco. Uh, you know, he was very successful there, and he wanted to get back in the NFL. And, you know, I had heard that Harbaugh had said, hey, I'm fine. I just want a seat at the table. I don't need to make all these personnel decisions. I don't need to be, you know, in charge of that. Just, you know, I can help you you know, spending the last, you know, seven, eight, you know, nine years in college, right. you know, I can help you with the draft. I think that's all he wanted was a seat at the table, but the discussions never really even happened uh, wow. between Davis and, and Harbaugh. So uh, it seemed like Mark Davis either got some information from, you know, his people saying that, you know, Hey, let's, let's take a look at some guy who's been in the NFL. And I think that's what attracted him to uh, Josh McDaniels. We know that the Raiders have a lot of respect for the Patriot way, as we like to say. So we're kind of calling this, you know, mm -hmm. Patriots West now when you go ahead right. and grab a guy like Ziegler and, uh, and McDaniels. But what did it for Mark Davis was he wanted to have that synergy and he wanted to have a relationship between a general manager and a head coach. And I think that's exactly 100% the reason why he did this because he pointed to other bad GM hires. He admitted that, you know, Mike Mayock did not work out. And even if you go before that, Reggie McKenzie, you know, was their general manager and that didn't work out. Uh, they had problems uh, with the draft. Uh, there just was a disconnect uh, with, uh, with, with Reggie and, and, you know, the previous head coaches and then Gruden comes in. So I think Mark Davis said, you know what, we just need to kind of start from scratch here 
let's uh, take a couple guys that have been involved winning championships, uh, even other. though know there's some question marks, you know, with, yeah. you know, their current roles, are they going to be successful, but at least they have synergy together and they're going to start from scratch. No, you're right. And that's a good, and that's, you hate to say it now in, in this day and age of football, that's as important as the knowledge of being able to do the job is that do they like each other? Can they yeah. work together? Can they compromise? Cause that seems to be that you hear all the stories around the league of GMs and coaches that don't like each other or don't, you know, the Brian Flores and Chris Greer situation in Miami, all the, how that blew up and all that stuff. So that's very important part of the, the equation. All right, let's get back to your old neck of the woods, Green Bay, Wisconsin, your guy, Aaron Rodgers, once again, is a one seed throws up on himself in the playoffs yet again. Are you, I mean, are you, me as a fan, I love Aaron Rodgers. The talent's undeniable. But after when it's every year, it's always somebody else's fault. He doesn't ever say, you know what? I missed Alan Lazard on the crossing route. I didn't, no matter what special teams did, it was 10 to 10. And I had the ball with four minutes to go to go win the game. And I went three and out. He never says that stuff. Just your thoughts of Aaron Rodgers and, and just where do you think that's, that situation is going to go? Well, I'll correct you first and foremost, Jason. Okay. Uh, Aaron is not my guy. He never has been my guy. Okay. Uh, actually, you know, when, when I was in green Bay and the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, um, I, I got a chance to, to talk with him and get to know him a little bit because, you know, there, we had a Northern California connection. I was from Sacramento. He was from Chico. And so we had like this little bond in the beginning. It was like, okay, that's, that, that, that's kind of cool. You're here, you know, and, and I'm here. And it's like, and again, he was a real quiet guy. He's a very introverted guy. And, you know, what I learned about Aaron Rodgers was that, you know, he is, is a guy that, um, you know, he had, he had come from some family issues, um, a little bit introverted, and it was going to take him time to adjust in the NFL. And I think by the Packers drafting him and letting him sit behind Brett Favre for three years, I mean, that was fantastic. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would have had the success that he ended up having if he didn't sit behind Brett Favre and that organization was patient with him and he got to actually develop. But with all that being said, um, you know, I could sit here and tell, you know, story after stories regarding Aaron Rodgers and in the community of Green Bay, where he has never really been active in the community. And, uh, you know, his, his time, uh, we always knew that it was probably going to come to an end on a, on a, on a bad note. You can say all you want about Aaron Rodgers being a fantastic quarterback, which I, I wholly agree with you. And I think he is one of the, no question, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but there are some question marks with, with him as a person uh, as well. And I think that, you know, kind of bleeds into what a lot of people have seen the last couple of years, like, you know, okay, drafting Jordan Love. I mean, pretty idiotic on the, on the Packers part, number one, to, to draft a guy like Jordan Love, who was mediocre at best at Utah State in college. Okay, right. So, uh, you know, they reached, like a lot of organizations do, they reach for quarterbacks in, in the first round. So obviously, yes, that ruffled his feathers. Uh, you bring in a young head coach like Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers has some question marks with that as well, too. So again, there was always a disconnect with him, even with Mike McCarthy, which led to McCarthy, you know, losing his job. So, um, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he's just a, he marches to the beat of his own drum. Fans got a, a chance to see during the COVID situation uh, what his thoughts are with this about, you know, right. not being vaccinated and basically right. lying about it. So in Green Bay, I think his act is worth in. And I think it's, it's, it's time 
for him to go and people are not going to mind for him to go. I think they've got the most out of him. They got a Super Bowl. They wanted more. He wanted more. The organization thought they may could get maybe two or three. But at the end of the day, he did not perform well in the playoffs, especially the last two years. And uh, people are tired of the excuses. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and he never comes out and says, you know what, guys, I blew this one. Put this one on me. Don't blame special teams. Don't blame that we didn't go for it on fourth down. You know, again, no accountability. And that's yeah, always I mean, been who he's been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the part that I think drives the, the, the fan like you and I crazy, especially in a town like Green Bay, a hardworking middle class town where those guys, every one of those people that work are accountable to their jobs. Most, they all work hard jobs and they invest all their hard earned money into that organization. And to see their leader kind of never take the, never take the accountability probably frustrates that town immensely. Yeah. yeah. And that comes off the heels of, having a beloved quarterback in guy in Brett Favre. I right. mean, that was, I mean, the way that Ted Thompson and their organization handled that situation with Brett Favre, basically running him out of town when Brett was not ready to, you know, retire. And let's be honest, Brett was coming off one of his best years. He lost yeah. the NFC championship game at home against the giants, but he had a fantastic year and Brett knew that he had plenty left in the tank, but Ted Thompson was just adamant. He goes, Hey, my guy sat here, the guy that I drafted for, you know, and we're, we're paying him. It doesn't make sense for uh, us not to make him the starting quarterback. Now the situation is now come, you know, right back at it again with, yep. Oh, here's Jordan love. He's been sitting, but we know that Jordan love is no Aaron Rodgers, right. And so it, it, it was just, it was just a bad draft. And then that kind of spirals to where we are today. All right. Listen to the powers on sports podcast. I'm Jason along with TC Martin of the TC Martin show. You can TJ or TC tell everybody where they can find the show online. Yeah, tcmartinshow.com. We uh, five days a week live from 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific. And if you missed the show live, you can go to the, the website, check out the podcast, check out our, our interviews, our interview page, the classic interviews, the current ones, the blogs, everything's up there. And again, we cover everything, not just here in Las Vegas, but, you know, like I said, it's more of a national show, has that Las Vegas uh, flavor. And of course, you know, we talk a lot of betting, our best yep. bets and we're lots of Super Bowl bets up there coming up on Friday as well, too. So, yeah, check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. Now, you're based out of the Cosmopolitan, correct? Yep. Our Friday show is at the Cosmopolitan. We're in studio Monday through Thursday. Or, of course, if there's a major event, we're out and about, uh, depending whether it's a major fight or anything else that's going on. But our Friday home is the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. And if you're out and about in Vegas, hey, love to see you. Come on by, say hi. We have a lot of listeners that uh, come, uh, you know, throughout the country to come see the show on Fridays. It's a lot of fun. I was just going to say, if anybody's out there Super Bowl week this weekend, definitely stop by Friday. He, uh, he'll he have some heavyweight guests. Yeah. He's got guys like Steve Berline, all these guys, NFL, old, former NFL players, boxing, whatever's going on in Vegas at the time. TC gets those guests on the show. He's got a roster Rolodex of, of guests and big-time guys that, that come see him out the Cosmopolitan. All right. Let's get to your, like I said, your, your specialty. It's Super Bowl week. First of all, what do you think of the matchup? Shocked that Cincinnati went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at this Super Bowl, you got the two lowest uh, seeded you know, teams facing each other in a Super Bowl, two number four seeds. Right. Yeah, no one saw the Cincinnati Bengals having this year. I mean, you go back to the books in the beginning of the year, you could have got the Cincinnati Bengals at 125 to one in the Rams uh, were, were up there. Not nearly as high, of course, too, but a lot of people didn't believe in Matt Stafford, but yeah, this is a situation where, you know, I've been waiting for this 
Cinderella story to end here with the Bengals. And I got to believe that, that it does end, you know, coming up uh, this weekend, uh, the Rams, they got a veteran laden team yeah. and take away the, the fact that they're playing in their home stadium, because we know the NFL, uh, it's going to be a corporate game. So it's not like you're going to have, you know, 60, 70,000, you know, Ram fans in attendance. I mean, Rams don't even have that. They couldn't even get yeah. that for their <laughs> games against the 49ers, you know, but the bottom line is the familiarity of playing in that stadium. And even though the Rams will be designated as the visiting team, uh, you know, bottom line, the familiarity of, uh, and then uh, the roster full of, of stars that they got on both sides of the ball, I think is going to make it very difficult for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrows had a fantastic season as we yep. know, but at some point in time, you figure, okay, is the stage going to be too big? It's hard to get by the fact that the that he got sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans, who, you know, we talked about probably being a phony number one seed, and they were. But, you know, you're going to be able to get away with that, even being sacked four or five times against that Rams defensive, you know, front seven. I mean, especially with Aaron Donald and company. So uh, you figure that they're going to harass him. Uh, the Rams defense is going to step up. And if the Rams can take care of the football, unlike they did against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they had that game, you know, going away, but they kept the Bucs and Tom Brady involved in the game because of the four turnovers. They played a little bit more clean of a game against the Niners, even though Stafford had that, that pick in the end zone uh, against the Niners and then the near pick, you know, where Tart dropped the ball, you know, in the fourth quarter. Right. If, if the Rams can play a clean game, this has the makings to be a double-digit victory for the Rams. I think that's a consensus out here. We saw it with the opening line. The line opened three and a half, quickly got bet up to four, up to four and a half. Do not be surprised if this line reaches five. I agree. I agree. I was just going to mention that. The line is going up. I think as we get closer to the game, your gamblers out there are going to rely on the experience of the Rams, the veterans, all that stuff. Like you said, the fairy tale of, of Joe Burrow. He's it's a great story. LSU, all the stuff he's done at LSU with the Bengals. But you're right. Bottom line is in these matchups, usually one in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, and the Rams have the clear advantage there. And I think the Rams' offensive line can block the Bengals' defensive line with that with it, at least be even in that department, and they can dominate their defensive line against the the Bengals' offensive lines. I think that's going to be a huge huge point in this game all right forget that we're gonna we'll, we'll get your prediction at the end <laughs> everybody wants to talk about every all the late the layman fans the moms the the pta moms they always want to make a bet for the super bowl they see all these prop bets heads or tails on the coin toss what color gatorade who how long is the national anthem going to be all these kind of prop bets talk to it talk to the fans about just the zillions of prop bets that are available to people that want to make a bet on this game on the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, it's it's mind-boggling the development where we've seen the prop bets go over the years, you know, where you would have, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 30 prop bets going back, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, and then it escalated up to 100, and then, then it was over 300. Okay, right now, you could have close to 600 prop bets on the board for this Super Bowl. It is insane, but hey, bookmakers are smart. They understand that the more options that you give people, the more that they're going to play. And people aren't looking for one prop bet or two or three prop bets. 
I've seen people bet 10 and 15 prop bets. I mean, they want to have that continuous action. And with the advent of the mobile app where you can yeah. bet from your phone, wherever yeah. you're watching the game now, uh, not just here in Nevada, but again, you know, with legalized sports betting throughout the United States now, I mean, you can, you know, if you're in, if you live in one of those States, you can bet it from the comfort of your own home. So it, it's insane. You're going to see a Super Bowl betting handle that will just, uh, will, will top last year's last year was insane. The year before was insane. And, uh, this is where, where we're at right now. And especially when you have the NFL actively in all these sports leagues now partnering up with yeah. all the betting companies, yeah. uh, it's only going to, uh, you know, create more and more action. So, Hey, bet responsibly, be smart, Absolutely. but we know just about everybody who's watching this game from the casual fan to the serious fan will have some action on the game. As far as the prop bets go, uh, I'm still diving into those Jason. So I really don't have one for you right now, okay. but, um, you know, what we always talk about here when we're giving some handicapping advice is tie yourself to a prop bet that, that will keep you alive during the course of the entire game. Right. Okay. Not one specific outcome. So don't tie yourself to, well, the Rams need to win this game or the Bengals need to win this game or cover that sort of thing. Give yourself an opportunity to, you know, to, to be alive for the entire 60 minutes or even, you know, beyond that, if it goes overtime. So, you know, be I, a little bit smart with fans that. that maybe don't know. I, I'm just picking a name. Odell Beckham over 70 yards. I'm just picking a number here. Right. You want to stay in the game where he could have one huge play for 50 right. or 60 yards where you could win your bet, where it's not, he has to score a touchdown or he, he, he has yeah. to, you know, something yeah. like that. Like a, an example. Okay. There, there's a, there's an interesting prop bet that's out there where you could actually get plus money. I think it's like plus two fifty. Will uh, you know, will either quarterback, throw four touchdown passes. Now, if you go back to what's been happening during the course of these playoffs, you know, the yes at plus 250 is pretty live there because Burrow's capable of doing it. Stafford's yeah. capable of doing it. These sure. guys have done it. You know, so that's what I'm talking about. Maybe a bet like that where, okay, you're, you're, you're keeping yourself alive like with both, you know, star quarterbacks here and with two defenses that can be a little susceptible, you know, sure. especially against the pass. So, a prop like that where you can get plus money, you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, again, you can bet every player in this game, there'll be a prop bet on whether it's Aaron Donald winning MVP. How many sacks will Aaron Donald have? How many interceptions will Jalen Ramsey have? How many catches will, you know, the backup Kendall Blanton, the new tight end for the Rams, every guy that's involved in the game will have a prop bet placed on those guys. So there's some value in finding that stuff. And, and obviously, yeah. they're the, the the bookmakers. They also remember they also inflate the number on the on the star players as well because they want you to bet more money on the star players, the Matt Staffords, the Burrows of the right. world. So they inflate their number a little bit to try to entice you in. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of the success that I've had doing prop bets, it's been basically with like that third down back. You know, will he gain more than you know 14 yards or something like that? Right. And that's what you got to do. I mean, you really got to handicap, you know, the offenses, the situations, and you can find some hidden gems there. You know, like I said, I mean, you know, the book spent a lot of time of putting these props together, but you know, a, a lot of it, you know, you you can probably find some gems. As you know, the more options that are out there, I mean, you can't just you know focus in on just you know you know, a, a limited thing. If you're the bookmaker, you want to put out as many as you can. So right. there are some gems that you can find if you do that. And, you know, going back to, you know, taking maybe a hot player. Okay. Take a look at a kicking prop. 
you know, right. like Evan McPherson, this guy hasn't missed, right. you know, this guy has been total money. So maybe look at, you know, yardage, you know, on him, like, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, he have one over 40 yards or something like that, or maybe the number of field goals is always an intriguing prop, you know, uh, will Evan McPherson kick more than two and a half field goals. I mean, Hey, if you go back to, you know, the recent games, right. The over is right there in your, in your face. So take a look at stuff like that, that you can handicap a little bit instead of just, Hey, flip of a coin and that sort of thing. Are all the casinos throwing huge parties for the Super Bowl? Is that how that works? How do they, how do they, how do the casinos and the hotels and the pools, how do they handle the average Joe that's out there for the weekend as far as watching that game? Yeah. Well, every sports book will be jam packed. Uh, I, I host parties, you know, uh, during the Super Bowl. I've got one Saturday night, I've got one Sunday that I'll be doing. Uh, so, and we just try to make it as fun as possible. We give away prizes, you know, you're, you, you know, a lot of them, you will even have uh, not just the, uh, tied up to bets, but you'll, you know, have the pools, like the squares and all that kind of stuff, you know, right. so all of your bars and your restaurants, they, everyone is engaged with that. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be happening again. So every hotel and casino, every sports book, uh, will have some, uh, sort of action. It'll be jam packed. Some of the casinos have private parties for their high rollers and their VIP players. And then, you know, other places will just, you know, focus in on the clientele to hang out in the sports book. People will try to make reservations to get their seats in there early. Sure. It's just a, a fun atmosphere. And again, now with the, you know, uh, advantageous old mobile apps and in-game wagering that you can do in the book or even on your phone. I mean, right. you have got the constant nonstop action. That's why the handle will be off the charts. No, you're right. You're right. It's, I've never actually been out there for a Super Bowl weekend yet. I need to get out there to you see. You need to get out there. You need to uh, you bring your boy TJ Reeves. I know, well, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Me and TJ need to come out for the weekend. When, when, is, um, when is Vegas supposed to host a Super Bowl? 2024. Two, so we got two more years. So, yep. yep. That will be a off-the-chart weekend for you, I'm sure. So, <laughs> TC, tell everybody where they can find you online one more time and on, tw on Twitter and social yeah. media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at tcmartin21, tcmartin21. And, of course, the website. You can listen to the show live 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday, or check out the podcast. If you missed the show live, it's all there for you, the archives at tcmartinshow.com. And it sounds like to me you like the Rams minus the points, correct? I do like the Rams, uh, you know, minus the points. I thought this line might yep. come out a, a little bit higher than it did, but obviously it got bet up a little bit. And again, I just I think we could be seeing one of these Super Bowls that maybe does not live up to the hype. Uh, and let's be honest, we have seen a fantastic postseason. I mean, look at all of these one-score games, these last-second games, last play, you know, going back to the divisional round, and then – you know, the AFC and NFC championship game, two fantastic games. Again, that came down, you know, one to the final play and then the other came down to the final possession. So uh, I think that this has the makings of maybe being a little bit anticlimactic kind of hope that I'm wrong. Cause everyone wants to see a fun and exciting game, but the bottom line is, Hey, if we're betting on the Rams, we want to see an easy winner. Yeah, right. That's right. it. That's right. <laughs> I think that's where my money will be as well. I do like the Rams and I was like you, I was surprised the number only came out at three and a half. All right, TC, keep up the great work. I got to give you props, credit. You were on an incredible run on our buddy TJ Reeves' Three Dog Thursday podcast this year with your underdog selections. I think you went like, what, 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one at one point yeah, yeah. on a big run, so keep up the great work. If you're out in Vegas, go see TC at the Cosmopolitan on Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. He, give him a shout-out. Tell him you heard us on the Powers on Sports podcast. And TC... 
Cash some winning tickets this weekend, my brother. You got it, Jason. Appreciate the time as always, my man. Thank you. And we will be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. We'll be back to the podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. If you have any financing and home purchasing needs, reach out to Jason Powers. Yeah, that's me. Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Titan can help you finance any home purchase in the state of Florida and soon-to-be Colorado. Whether it's a home, condominium, second home, investment property, Titan Home Lending can help you. VA loans, FHA loans, conventional loans, jumbo loans, renovation loans, anything in between. Give me an opportunity to get you pre-approved Titan Home Lending. If you're moving to Florida from another state, we'd love to help you as well. So many people are moving to the state of Florida, and Titan Home Lending can help you from Pensacola to Key West. So again, reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. And now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. We've got a real pleasure for you as well as we as we are in Super Bowl week and um we are going to talk to a young lady who I had who we had on earlier in the summer part of our life of the wife series Miss Erica Betcher she's the wife of James Betcher who's an assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers and uh, obviously we all know that the 49ers were in the NFC title game a couple weeks ago and um, fell to the Los Angeles Rams as we lead up into the Super Bowl. So just want to bring back Erica. I know Erica, we're going to talk to Erica about just the season in general. And she, I know she was at the game a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to talk to her a little about that and just kind of what she has in store for her and the family as we head into the offseason. So welcome back to the podcast, Erica. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. All right. So give the, give the audience a little perspective of you were in a you were in the NFC title game. I saw you guys took the family, the, the the kids and such to see the game in LA. Tell the audience what a beautiful tell them about the atmosphere of the stadium. <laughs> it's a brand new stadium and it's kind of the high-tech state-of-the-art stadium now. Just give the fans and the audience a little a little perspective of, of that whole stadium scene. Yeah, and it was definitely an experience to remember. Um, my 10-year-old son went with us. So that was a pretty special experience for him to have and, and take all in. Um, just the, the support from the Niners fans, the, the fan base is tremendous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. I would say, gosh, I would say it was like 60, 40. I mean, we, we probably represented better than LA did. So to have that in the NFC championship, is amazing for on the road in, in the other team stadium. That's the amazing part. Yeah, we were pretty hyped up, you know, especially with all the the social media drama of, you know, the, the Niners fans can't even get a hold of tickets. They're blocking, right. you know, unless you have an LA zip code. So, um, did Kelly we were Staff- fired up. Did, did did you get with Kelly Stafford? I know she was giving away tickets to everybody. I know, it's so funny. <laughs> No, we actually, um, my son and I decided we wanted to be right there by the tunnel where the players and the coaches were coming out. Okay. Um, so that was a cool experience being right there by the field and getting That's to cool. see dad walk out on the field and all that. Now, mm-hmm. a little inside football, does the, do, do all the coaches for road games like this, do they get a couple of tickets that they can provide for their family or the option to buy some tickets? How does that work as far as coaches go yeah. and their families? Yeah. So it's different. Um, 
especially whoever's hosting the game. Um, the last NFC championship we went to um, was more with the Cardinals with Bruce right. Arians. Right. And we were in Carolina. <laughs> a little different experience. I remember that being probably the coldest I've been at a football game. I remember um, that. I did not go to the cold. I remember <laughs> yeah. that was a cold one. I, yeah, I didn't go to the Green Bay game, so I can't compare that. Um, but I remember our seats literally for that game, that was with the Cardinals being in the very, I think my, my back was touching the center block wall <laughs> at the top of the stadium. Um, and that was outdoors, obviously. Um, that's just, that's how it is. When you're the away team, we do get tickets that we can purchase, right. um, but they are going to be the nosebleed seats, you know? Yep. Yep. So, but I'll tell you, SoFi, those nosebleeds are pretty cool still, you know, because you've got that huge jumbotron and right. uh, we did have family and friends that sat up there with the rest of our crew and they, they, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good, good view still because they now can see there, everything. Now, were there a bunch of 49er wives and people, part of the family that were at the game as well? Oh yes. Um, most of all the wives went and we had a good crew of kiddos that went as well. Um, I actually organized a party bus for 30 of the coaches' wives and their kids. Look at so you, that the was, social director. Yeah, that nice. was fun. That's we fun. had big screen TVs and everything so we could watch the Bengals, you know, on uh, the way to the game. So, nice. Yeah. See, I've, heard, I've heard on TV they say it's a disaster to get in and out of that stadium as far as parking and just getting in and out of there. I mean, I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums, and I will tell you this was – it was quite the journey. I think just <laughs> we had a driver obviously with our bus and he dropped us off at the like a VIP lot area and literally where my seats were we were going to have to walk all the way around the stadium to get to that entrance and then once you got to the entrance it was about an hour wait to get in so luckily we we're able to snag a, a security guy and sneak our way in a little bit but it, it is quite the process yes plus you've got the vaccination cards and you've got um, yeah, you know, to tell, all the yeah. things that you're checking. Yeah, it's a lot. To, to tell the audience, yeah, it's a great, I'm glad you brought that up. California's got a little more different vaccination rules than some other yeah. places around the country. Talk, talk to us about what you had. Did you have to prove, did you have to show a vax card and all that stuff? Or what yeah. The process? So it's kind of the same thing as when we do things in San Francisco. They've got pretty stringent rules. And um, LA is, you know, it's kind of a spike there right now. So they're pretty locked down. But you have to have a vaccination card or you have to have um, a PCR test within, I think, 48 hours proof okay. of that. Now, <laughs> you imagine the craziness of all the people in the lines. Um, you know, it was kind of hit or miss with whether they checked, to be yeah. honest. But you were definitely knowing that you couldn't get in the stadium unless you had something. So sure. yeah. but I think that's what held the lines up as well. You know, it's hard to get all those people in there. So. <laughs> So talk, all right, so uh, obviously those, obviously everybody should know by now the 49ers were winning and didn't end up winning the game. The Rams went 20 to 17 to go to the Super Bowl. Just in the aftermath of the game, just you just the, the emotion of, did you get to see James right after the game? How did all that work and, and all that yeah. good stuff? So again, I've had a, another experience of an NFC championship. Um, this one was way more exciting till the end, I'll say. Right. Um, I, I mean, the whole entire game, we felt strongly we were going to win that game. Yeah. We had a nice lead and just the end, you know, that last few minutes just kind of right. sealed the fate um, in the other direction. Uh, but it was pretty cool to know that we were in that game the whole time, sure. you know, 
So I don't know if that makes it more devastating at the end right. <laughs> to, to lose it. I think so. But just, you know, I was sharing with family and friends. It was like, it's such a bummer to almost get to that final. Like that's what us football families live for is, is sure. the opportunity to get that far. But to see where we started, like the last time I was on your podcast, we were talking to see where we started right. and where we got to. I mean, that's, right. that's pretty, pretty special. You have to have a special team, special coaches to get that far for sure. And p- people don't real people forget the, the 49ers played in Los Angeles in week 18 and had to win the game to get in the playoffs. They yeah. were getting, they, you guys were getting destroyed in the game and down 17, nothing came all the way back to win that game to just to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Then had to play three more road games in a row culminating back in Los Angeles for the NFC yeah. title game. So you basically played four straight road games in must-win situation kind of scenarios. Like you said, a tremendous credit to the whole team and the whole organization for being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we are super proud, win or lose for that game, but just to have lost in that last few minutes was, it was pretty uh, tough. No, we all took it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure. I know it's because... Like I said, we, we all think as fans, oh, there's next year. and oh, But when you're in that business, that you never know if that's the yeah. last chance you get an opportunity to go back. Every year is a different team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just never know. And obviously, professionally, you never know if you're going to be with, the, you know, mm-hmm. what team you're going to be with and all that yeah. stuff. So those are, those are just moments. Um, all right, so real quick, tell the audience, give their audience a quick refresher how you and James met. I know you're a Minnesota girl, right? <laughs> I'm not. My friend Jessica Hyden is the middle. Yes, Jess, that's right. Jess. <laughs> she's a Cardinals coach. Um, yeah, she's the she's the Minnesota girl. I'm hey. the Hoosier. I think we have that in common yes. that we both were yes. uh, IU grads. Is yes. That right? yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so tell us where yeah, you the, and James met. So that's kind of that's where we met. So he went to um, a small NEI school in my hometown yep. in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and I went to IU and, um, I think it was my sophomore year. We met, um, at a mutual like football party house in my hometown and he played football with some of my high school buddies. He had a football house with them. So after we met, we were just together since then and been traveling, (laughs) traveling the country ever, ever since. So I think he was a senior that year. Um, so he had one more year of playing and then yeah. Then we started moving across the country. Yeah. Hey, that's right. That's right. So you to tell um, three children, correct? Three children and uh, one on the way. So oh, congratulations. That, <laughs> yeah. That, so it'll be four cool. this summer. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. We talked last time that wasn't, that wasn't in the picture. This is true. We weren't sharing that news. <laughs> very, yeah. Cool. Thank you. So we very stayed pretty cool. busy. Um, very blessed and you know they're awesome kiddos so very cool very cool all right so tom so obviously this is the um a time of the year lots of stuff going on coaching wise lots of coaches getting hired and all that kind of good stuff do you know guys what the plan is as far as you're going to be back in san francisco this year i know one of their coaches one of their offensive coaches just got hired to be the head coach in miami so you never yeah. know that might be a possibility who knows this is a crazy time of the year in the co- in the pro coaching world just just talk to me yeah. about your how you handle that as the wife. Never maybe there's an opportunity for a promotion or another opportunity somewhere else. How mm-hmm. do you kind of handle that and discussing those kind of things with James if opportunities like that do arise? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I mentioned the last time we talked, we make like kind of a pros and cons thing, you know. Um, 
you never count anything out. You never think, right. oh, we're definitely going to be here. We're, we're definitely not going to be here. Um, so excited for our friends, the McDaniels, that yep. just um, found out yesterday. So yep. we're going to miss them. Um, that's also another hard part is getting close to people and getting to know them. And then, you know, next day they're literally gone. So yep. Yep. Um, the mindset that I have just, we've had, you know, years where we've been like back to back four years in a row moves. Um, those are hard and not fun just because you feel like you don't have a chance to plant roots, especially when you start having kids that are entering into middle school, right. which we do have a 10 year old that's going to be going into middle school next year. So that's a little bit of a, you know, game changer as far as him transitioning a little bit, you know, more easily. So, um, as of now we are 49ers next year. Yeah. So yay for building, um, two years in a row, but the, yep. <laughs> the crazy thing know. is, Yes. So the crazy thing is, is, you know, in all honesty, he could get a call tomorrow and it could be something that would be of interest, you know, sure. and, um, he would talk to his agent and, and we'd go from there. So you don't count anything out and there's not exactly a time of year where like things happen even in March, you know, things happen right. after the Super Bowl, especially with this being a kind of a backed up year with things being pushed back a week. So. Very cool. All right. So, yeah. uh, so let's say something happened tomorrow or a week from now, would your kid, would you and the kids stay through the school year? Or would you guys pick up and move immediately? How do you kind of, how do you handle moving this time of the year when the kids are in school? Um, it, it just depends on the situation. Um, yeah. for example, we were in Arizona last year and James took the job in January. So the kids and I, chose to remain in Arizona for the remainder of the school year because California wasn't even in session because of COVID. Right. Um, we don't like to be apart for long. So when we went to the Giants from the Cardinals, um, we moved within two months of him getting the job. So okay. it's about like, what's the housing market like there? What's the school system like? If I can get that figured out pretty quickly, then we'll make the move early. Okay. Um, all wise will give you different answers of what's sure, best, sure. like get them acclimated early or let them finish with their friends. And, you know, cause we're typically gone for the summer. So they don't have that opportunity to get to know the neighborhood, you know, kids and things. So I don't know what we would do here. Probably try to figure out a way to move with it two months or so to be okay. together. Yeah. Are the, are new, when, when you do, when you do get a new job with a team, is the new team very helpful in helping you that transition period do they provide you resources hey here's movers here's this here's that or is it kind of more on you to have to handle that as the family yeah no there's lots of resources especially with the nfl um we sometimes choose which moving company we're going to go with sometimes they give you a couple to choose from and nowadays it's it's much easier than it was back you know 10 years ago when we were doing all this you can yep. do a virtual like Zoom session where I can walk them around the house and they can give you an estimate that way, which is really nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, you know, typically we have people that pack us and move yep. us on. So probably the, the trickiest thing is just finding that next place and the school systems and right. the sports and all of that again. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So now we're in the off season. One, um, Obviously, the schedule. Let's just assume he stays with San Francisco. You got a little bit of debt. Is this a time of the period where he has a little bit more downtime? He doesn't have to be in the office as long as many days. He yeah. probably has a little bit of time off this time of the year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So we literally live <laughs> those last two months, December, January, are like 
for us coaches, wives, and families, we're just counting down the days to have our husbands back for sure. Um, it's different everywhere we have been, you know, depending on the head coach and what their schedule is. Um, we're super blessed here. Uh, Kyle's given us three weeks off. Nice. So basically the guys don't have to go back until, um, the combine. Right. Right. So we have until the end of February. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. No, cause I know people, again, people, they can imagine what the, what the grueling schedule is, but you live it. So you know what the, what the demands are on James's time and your time and, and all that stuff. Um, tell us about real quick about a, a dur during the football season this year, did you got, were you and James able to, to plug out a night one day, Hey, we're going to have a date night or a lunch or a dinner together, kind of a, with the family, kind of an every, every week kind of thing. Were you able to do that? Not this season. Um, honestly, there was so many road games that they had to leave on Fridays. Okay. So when you're looking at the schedule and you're, I think this is the most we've ever had. Um, and some teams, you know, feel like it makes a difference for them to leave on a Friday as opposed right. to leave on a Saturday. Um, but if we're on different coasts, hundred percent, you're going to leave on Friday, but just the way the schedule worked out this year, it felt like he was barely home any Fridays. Okay. And when he was, because we have this span of 10, six and one of our kiddos, dad wants to be home with the kids and, you know, we want to be together. So date nights were very few. Okay. And then also we were super cautious, you know, because of the COVID oh, stuff right, this year. Right, right, right. Correct. So honestly, up until, you know, just recently, even after the season was over, we didn't even go to a restaurant, you know, just to be, you know, super Same. safe and cautious. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you find your other ways to, to have a little date night here and there. But this season was um, especially hard for that, I'll say. Yeah. We'll give James and the, and the crew full credit. Their defense was tremendous this year. The 49ers yeah. had, a, had a great Thank defense. You. And I know James was part of a big part of that success and doing what he what he's doing with the defense. So I'm sure if, uh, again, there will be plenty of opportunity for James, you know, whether it's San Francisco or somewhere else. I know he's a very respected coach around the league and has done some great things. So I know he'll, he will be, he will be in the mix. I'm sure. Uh, mm -hmm. even if it's San Francisco or if it's not in San Francisco. So yeah. moving forward. So you should, you should be very proud of that. I certainly am. Yeah. And we're blessed to be here and make the run that we had for sure. And it's been cool to see with our coordinator, our defensive coordinator, this is his first year. Um, he did a tremendous job, obviously. And, yep. you know, my husband's really enjoyed working with him and um, the whole defensive staff. So it's cool when you've got, I don't know if you know our coaching staff well, but we've got some some pretty cool guys on our staff. And yeah, I know D'Amico you know, makes... Rides is the defensive coordinator. And you got, obviously, you got Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. Yeah. The offensive coordinator just got the Miami Dolphins job. So, yeah, you, and you yeah. got Wes, Wes Welker's on the staff. He's the yeah. receivers coach, right? That's right. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a great staff. And, we're blessed to be where we are and you know yeah. whatever happens in the future will happen but be where your feet are right <laughs> how cool how cool is it to live in san francisco compared to other places you've lived it's cool um we're actually in los gatos uh okay. so it's about 45 minutes from san fran okay. and the stadium is in santa clara right so we're you know an hour 45 minutes to an hour from the beach um we love our town that we live in we can't beat the weather. It's a right. little chilly for my taste right now, but yeah. we do. We have our home in Arizona. Um, I was telling you when we talked last, so it's kind of nice right now for this three week break because um, we're going to head over to to Arizona and spend some time there. Um, right. But that's like the perfect winter house, you know, because it's still 
75 and it's going to be coming up on 80 degrees. So (laughs) we like this coast a lot. A little better than the the New Jersey, New York coast. (laughs) (laughs) They've been getting hammered with snow and we're at the beach. So can't complain. I'm I'm with it. It's it's been chilly down here in Tampa the last couple of days, but it's supposed to be back to 80 80 degrees today. So you can't beat that. First of February for sure. Well, Erica, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. I know it was, it was, I know you'd rather be getting ready to go to the Super Bowl this weekend. I know that's, that's the goal and your guys are going to make it there. And, uh, uh, I root for you every week, except when you play the bucks, just don't, don't be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, luckily I'll say, I mean, Chris and I, Arians and I were definitely texting back and forth, like, all right, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. And then they're like, all right, now you better beat those Rams, you know, and then we're like, we're going to do it. The, cra- the crazy thing is, if the Bucks beat the Rams, the game would have been in Tampa and you guys would have come to Tampa. That's what I'm saying. So I was like, that was bittersweet because, um, you know, another really good offensive friend of ours is yeah. at the Bucks is the Garber family. And okay. our kids kind of grew up together, you know, in Arizona. And so the boys were so excited to be reunited. Yeah. And then when we lost, it was like, oh, or, you know, you guys lost. We lost actually. first. <laughs> we lost <laughs> first. And she's like, I, we wanted to see y'all, but Jackson is just devastated. So, and that would have been bittersweet, obviously, to go up against them. I know, right? Um, so luckily we didn't have to play y'all this year. I don't know what our schedule looks like, looks like next year, but, and I'm sorry you lost Tom. That's sad. I know, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. One more, one more thing. I'll get you out of here. Do you get any kind of, do they give the coaches, and I know this is probably a, who gives a crap. Do they give the coaches any kind of commemorative ring or anything like that? Jewel, any of that kind of stuff for making the NFC championship game? No, okay. no. <laughs> I thought I thought I saw where you get, I thought I'd heard that you maybe got a ring or some piece of jewelry. Unless I haven't heard about it. Okay. And I don't remember anything from Carolina, honestly. So okay. I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't you know, basically so. what, what's the saying? Like nothing you do the entire season matters only one one team matters you know although you do get something if you're in the Super Bowl of course so we'll be we're rooting so hard for the Bengals our good friend Lou Anamarumo that we're with up in the Giants is the DC there so okay for them we're rooting hard I'm glad you that's good I'm glad you have a rooting interest in one of the coaching staff's relatives that's good that's good to know yeah well Erica thank you so much for your time it's been great talking to you we'll definitely catch up if 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 uh, as we move into next year, if you'll do, if you'd be glad to do it again, good luck with your new addition coming to the family. Hope all that goes fantastic. And uh, I'd love to get James on sometimes if he'd ever be game to come on and talk about his lovely wife. Oh yeah. I'm sure he would be so excited to do that for you. (laughs) I'd love to have him. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Erica. Have a great uh, rest of your spring and summer. Hope good luck with the kiddos. And then the new edition, and we will talk soon. All right. Thanks, Jason. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a good night. You too. All right. And we will be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.